When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. The holiday. Time to kick back, to relax, to chill, and hang with us for the next few hours right here on 98.7 ESPN. What is going on, everybody? Dan Grosser Show. Last one of the week. And we'll send you off into the holiday weekend in style at 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN. We got Julian. We got Chantel producing the program. And as I said, we're hanging out with you till 10 p.m. this evening on a spectacular, spectacular Friday. Great evening. If you're going out and about, dinner, hanging with friends, whatever you're doing, you're going to the stadium right now to check out the Yanks and the Padres, or God help you if you're trekking out to the Meadowlands to go to that concert where there's only going to be about 90 million people there. And uh, the car is probably not your friend in that situation, but my goodness. So uh, anybody going out there, hope you get there and back in one piece and in a relatively short amount of time because that is uh, no picnic, believe me, uh, when you're getting involved in that type of stuff. At Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A is where you can get me on Twitter. And look, it is Memorial Day weekend, right? So we want to, of course, pay tribute, say thank you to those that serve, those that paid the ultimate sacrifice and allow us to live the lives that we live in freedom. So a thank you to all those men and women and we get to have a holiday out of it and, you know, eat hot dogs and burgers and go to the beach and have fun and relax. And, you know, they're the real heroes, of course. So we are always, always thinking of them. We got a lot of things to talk about, as a matter of fact, even though it's, you know, the Friday, a holiday weekend. We were just talking about it with the guys before the show. You know, thank you to the NFL. Right. Thank you to the Arizona Cardinals for giving us a little bit of football Info to chew on going into the holiday weekend, a Friday news dump with DeAndre Hopkins getting released by the Arizona Cardinals as they are in full tank mode for the upcoming season, and they're going to be dreadful. And Hopkins, of course, one of the most accomplished pass catchers in the National Football League over the last decade, and we're going to have to get into whether or not he makes sense for either of our two locals. I got some opinions. I got some feelings on that, and I certainly think that, yeah, he makes a nice sense I think for both of these teams but maybe a little bit more so for one than the other you got to stick around to find out who that is going to be congratulations again to the Boston Celtics who get up off the mat yet again and who now have come halfway back into the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat what once was a 3-0 deficit is now a 3-2 deficit and last night when we were doing the show the 90-minute version of course before the game I said that I wasn't going to get carried away unless, unless the Celtics found a way to get that one last night and to make this thing 3-2, to two, to get it back to Miami for a game six on Saturday night. Well, now they did. Now they did, and we got a series. Okay? Doesn't matter how we got here, we got to a sixth game, which seems like pulling teeth by comparison with the Western Conference Finals when you're talking about what was the Lakers and the Nuggets and what was a, a, a lopsided series in every sense of the word. But now this is legit, right? 3-2, Boston's got the momentum. Don't know the situation yet about Gabe Vincent, his health-wise, and boy, Miami could have used him last night. 
But I'll say this, and we'll get into it a little bit deeper here in a little while. I still think Miami's got the advantage. Simple math, right? I'd rather need to win just one game as opposed to winning two games. But if the Celtics can somehow steal that one tomorrow and get it back to Boston for a game seven, is there anybody alive who thinks that they're not coming back and winning this series and it's going to have to be a Boston team again to be the first one in the history of the sport to come back from 3-0 down to the playoff series to get it done? And I didn't see any Yankees at that game last night. Correct me if I'm wrong. Jeter and A-Rod were there for game four, but I didn't see anybody up there in game five sitting courtside, you know, bringing some of that 2004 luck to a Boston team. I think the Celtics should pick up the phone and call Jeter, A-Rod, Coleman, make sure that they're sitting there again tomorrow night down in Miami courtside so they can continue the good karma and the good vibes about trying to see if they can continue this comeback. Crazy, crazy. But, hey, it's nice to have a competitive series and one that goes a little bit deep, as I said, not like what we had with the Nuggets disposing of the Lakers. And Denver's just sitting there now twiddling their thumbs, and they don't mind this thing going longer, right? Let these teams get tired out. You know, let them put in more of the blood, the sweat, the tears, the whole nine yards. Because the Nuggets are going to go into that series as the fresher, healthier team. And they're not complaining one bit. Finals are still going to start on Thursday regardless. Whether the series ends tomorrow, whether it goes seven games, which are going to be on Monday. Finals are going to start Thursday night. I think it'll be a good series now, regardless of who comes out of the Eastern Conference. I still, still think Miami is going to find a way to wrap this thing up tomorrow night at home in their building, even though the Celtics have been a better team on the road in the playoffs than they've been at home. So they do have that thing going for them. So a lot of stuff to get into tonight. But we'll begin with the baseball because, well, Yankees are going to get underway in a little bit tonight. They're home starting a series against the San Diego Padres after dropping two out of three to the Baltimore Orioles. Tonight, the debut of one Randy Vasquez. And I know some of you are sitting there saying, who the hell is Randy Vasquez? Well, he's the guy who's going to be pitching tonight for the Bombers. One of their... Higher regarded prospects, even though you wouldn't know it by looking at his uh, stat line from this year. Pitching to an ERA near five. He's got a, a, a whip of a one five plus. He struggled this season. And the only reason he's getting the ball tonight is because the Yanks need a starting pitcher because Domingo Herman got into some sticky, some sticky problems and uh, is suspended, of course. So they need to dip down into the minor leagues. And you got yourself Randy Vasquez tonight. We'll see. Going up against the San Diego Padres team, which... You know, at one time this year, it might have been the Mets. San Diego is the biggest disappointment in baseball this year, right? They've got the third highest payroll in the sport. They're four games under 500. The offense looks absolutely lost with all that star power that they have in it. You know, when you see Tatis and Soto and Bogarts and before he got hurt, Manny Machado, I mean, this team should be better than that. And it just hasn't clicked for them right now. I mean, they're sitting there in fourth place in the National League West. They're only a game and a half out of last place. In that division, I still, still think the Padres will find a way to turn it around. They better because I picked them to go to the World Series. I'm going to look smart. And it is a long season, but guys, you know, Memorial Day is Monday, right? June 1st is next week. That's what we always say. Once you get to June 1st, you want to get an idea of how these teams are before making any sort of determination as to ride them off, throw your support behind them. Should they be buyers? Should they be sellers? You know, we're getting to that point here a little bit when you're talking about all these teams in San Diego, no different. But one guy who's not in the dugout tonight for the Yankees happens to be the manager, Aaron Boone. And last night, if you remember, if you were listening to the show, 
when Boone got tossed, we were still on the air. And I said then, you know, well, he's probably going to get suspended. Because when he was getting into it with Edwin Moscoso, the home plate umpire, you know, they got nose to nose. It was pretty fierce, right? It was a pretty spirited discussion. And you saw Boone, you know, just because he was animated, you know, some saliva came out of his mouth, landed on the umpire's face. Baseball looks at that and they said he spit on him. You know, you can't look at it any other way. So Boone got suspended. And rightfully so. I, I, I agree with it wholeheartedly. And the logic and the language that baseball used in issuing the suspension, they said, for his recent conduct toward major league umpires, including the actions following his ejection from Thursday night's game against the Baltimore Orioles at Yankee Stadium. Recent conduct, meaning, guy's been ejected four times already this year. Three times in the last ten games. You got to be better than that. You know, you got to be better than that because here's the problem. When you have a penchant for getting tossed as frequently as Aaron Boone is certainly making it out to be this year, he's already gaining the reputation of being somebody who's a complainer, right? And that type of stuff circulates among the umpires. So now this is becoming Boone's reputation. Now you throw the suspension on top of it here, and the umpires around Major League Baseball are going to be saying to themselves, well, you know what, when we go into a series and we got the Yankees, be on the lookout for Boone. So they're going to have extra reason to have rabbit ears, so to speak, and to be on the lookout for some of the stuff that he's chirping about from the dugout. Now, look, was Moscoso good last night? No, he wasn't. He wasn't at all. Okay, he missed a lot of pitches, a lot of pitches, and especially in those first few innings, and Clark Schmidt got squeezed, but you know what? It was happening on both sides of the plate. It really and truly was. I did not look, and I'm doing it right now, as a matter of fact, as I speak. I forget here it is. On uh, umpire scorecards. I don't know if you guys follow this on Twitter. It's a great follow. Ump scorecards, at umpire scorecards, where they'll sit there and they will actually grade the performance of the home plate umpire after each and every game in Major League Baseball. So last night, Edwin Moscoso, the home plate umpire, as I see, overall accuracy, he got 92%. Overall consistency, 92%. Um, called ball accuracy, 93 Called strike accuracy, 90 that's not great. It's not terrible. But generally speaking, you know, umpires that you see more often than not around the league, they grade out somewhere the good ones in the mid-90s. You know, 94 to 96 around there. That's tolerable. You can't be sitting there around 90. So Boone had every right to be upset. And I'm sure that Brandon Hyde and the other dugout last night for the Orioles, same exact thing. But back to Boone, and that's what this is about. Okay, you can't have this type of behavior. You got to be able to show some restraint. I mean, I, I'm sitting there joking around. Like, can you imagine if umpire or excuse me, if managers got paid like per inning? Right. You get paid for every inning you're in the dugout because it doesn't do the team any good. If you're going to sit there and get tossed in the first three innings, like look at what happened on Sunday afternoon in the game in Cincinnati. With the ball that they reviewed down the right with, with the right fielder, whether it was fair or foul, they went to instant replay. Boone comes out, throws a hissy fit, and he gets run from the game in the first inning. You know, what good does that do the Yankees? Nothing. None whatsoever. But it calls to mind a bigger issue right now in Major League Baseball, and one that potentially could be servicing here pretty soon. But before I get to that here, here's Boone. This was before tonight's game. This afternoon, I guess before he got word that he was being suspended, or at least before we got word 
that he was being suspended. He was asked if he's gaining that reputation as somebody that is frequently going to be warranting ejection. Well, I think I've earned that reputation. <laughs> um, do I think it's leading to a quick hook? Not necessarily. I think last night was. But that could just be a one-off. Um, maybe I'm delusional and that I did more than I think. I don't think that's the case. But um, I don't think I'm being targeted by umpires going in like, you know, they're not going to tolerate certain things. I think I think I'm treated fairly. He's treated fairly, but you're also giving them every reason to run you. It's as simple as that. I mean, tell it like it is. Imagine if you run a company and one of your employees, you're asking or he's being asked to leave the workplace, you know, one out of every three days of work. Because that's what happened. That's what's happened over the last 10 days with Aaron Boone. He's been tossed three out of the last 10 games. What good is he doing if that's happening? In a way, it's almost embarrassing. You know? You got to be there for your team. Got to keep your cool a little bit. You sit there, you sit there and you preach to your players to show poise and to display composure and all those things in those tight situations. Meantime, you got the manager going out there and, and chirping and chirping and chirping and getting run from these games. It's not helping anybody. It really isn't. So we'll keep our eyes on this one tonight. Apple TV Plus game. I'm sure a lot of you were thrilled about that with the Yankees and the Padres from the Bronx, got it up here on the nice TV, splashing it up here until, you know, the Met game starts. Then we'll probably take it off and put the Mets on the big TV because you can't put the multiple boxes up. I talked about this last night. I'm paying all this money for this damn TV, but the technology does not allow me to split my screen whenever I have to stream something. So I'm down about that. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Got a great show for you. I wouldn't lie to you guys. You know, we put something special together for you on this Friday night of the holiday weekend. Coming up at about 8 o'clock, we are going to be joined by basketball royalty. I think that's part of the condition of having him on. I have to refer to them as, uh, as that. It's our buddy Worldwide Wob, Rob Perez. He will join us coming up at 8 o'clock, talk a little Eastern Conference Finals, little Knicks. Rob, of course, an unabashed Knicks supporter. So we'll get into all those things with him coming up at 8 o'clock. When we return, though, we'll take your calls. And as I said, these ejections – and all the conflict between the managers and the players and the umpires, it's setting the foundation for something else to be incorporated into Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that. I'll tell you what I think about it as well. Dan Grosser Show, Friday night, Memorial Day weekend, right here, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. SPN. The issues that a lot of people in Major League Baseball have with the umpires, right? And they're an easy target. They bring it upon themselves, half of them. But again, they're an easy target. You got to blame somebody. Players, managers, coaches, fans, whatever. And the rumor's been circulating for a while now that before long... Baseball's going to introduce robo-umps to the game and to the on-field product, right? Because nobody's happy with the umpires. They can't get the calls right. They're too inconsistent, blah, blah, blah. So with all of these issues that still seem to be happening in the game, it seems as if these robo-umps are indeed on the horizon. I'm not saying it's going to happen next year or the year after that, but if I was a betting man, right, I would probably say that in the next five years, all right, I think that's enough of a, 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 enough of a sample size. I would probably say in the next five years, you're going to see robo-wumps in baseball. They're already being tested in the minor leagues, and you know that you know baseball is using that as kind of a breeding ground, not just for players now, but for other type of things like rule changes, which we've seen now being incorporated onto the big league level. And I think that the robo-umps are the same thing. Now, you know what would be great about it? First of all, I don't like it. Let me just say that. I don't like it. I'm not in the dugout. It's not my livelihood. I think the human element is important to the game. The umpire, his presence, I, I, I still think it's part of the fabric of Major League Baseball. You know, I like when managers and players get in the ump's face and they have a disagreement and there are ejections and that type of thing. You know, that, that, that's entertaining every once in a while. That's not going to happen if you have robo-umpires. You know, managers aren't going to come out and start arguing with robots. What are they going to do? It's not like Rocky Four, where it's going to be that type of a robot. That's not how this thing is going to go. So you take away that element, which is part of the DNA of baseball. And I know that it's ever-changing, and it's continually evolving, but it doesn't mean that I have to go along with it. Because I'll tell you, an unintended or intended consequence of that type of thing, if it happens, one thing you could say goodbye to is something that, for starters, the Yankees seem to have an edge on compared to other teams. With their catching game, and with somebody like a Jose Trevino specifically, who's one of the best in baseball at framing pitches, that all goes by the wayside. Because if you have a robotic strike zone, pitch framing is not going to do you any good. Because the robotic strike zone is going to be able to diagnose exactly when a pitch crosses the plate. Not where the catcher took the pitch and suddenly positioned his glove when the umpire had to look down and make a call. Now, it's not to say that somebody like a Jose Trevino or, or, or that type of a catcher is still going to be on this team in a few years. But it would be an unintended consequence for a team like the Yankees. You know, and I think that that's certainly one of the things around baseball when these clubs are now going about building their roster and trying to put together pieces that will help them win. Those are the type of catchers that I think these teams covet now. 
you know, it's long gone are the days where you're looking for a guy who can handle the bat and who might hit you 20 to 25 home runs. I, I mean, the catching position is, is so void right now of offensive force. It's really all about what are you going to do defensively? That's where the value is now with this game. And, and I personally don't enjoy it. You know, I like the days when the catcher was actually a threat when he put the bat in his hand. I mean, you think about when Posada was here with the Yankees, uh, you know, Piazza, of course, with the Mets and, you know, several others around the game. Now it's like, really? Like, like who's the best hitting catcher in baseball? Or who are the only threats that are catchers when it comes to the bat? J, uh, JT Realmuto, Adley Rutschman, guys like that. There aren't many. There aren't many. So that's one of the things that's also become a sacrifice of this, this is age of pitch framing and making sure that everything goes the way you want it to in that regard. Baseball 2023, and who knows what other changes are going to be in store here over the next couple of years. We shall see. All right, 800-919-3776. We'll keep an eye on the Yankees here as they continue on with the Padres. Mets are going to get underway in about an hour as their trip heads further west to the Rocky Mountains against the rocks let's go to the phones say hi to tommy connecticut up first here on 9870 spn tom yeah, how we doing what's up tom oh we're doing all right so i mean you you absolutely just obviously you know call screener i went in a totally different direction but you know as far as uh offensive catchers go it's it's ray Muto and it's and it's adley rushman i mean that's really about it i mean here i am a yankee fan it, yeah, Trevino is great defensively, but he's he's a liability in the lineup. You know, remember those days? Remember those days, Tom? It wasn't that long ago. Remember when you actually like looked at a catcher, and you had to actually, you know, whether on your team or on the opposing team. If it was the opposing team, you had to actually like kind of be worried about his spot when it came up in the lineup because he could do some damage. Not anymore. Yeah, this, uh, there was this guy named Jason Veritek that annoyed the hell out of me for, like, I don't know, a decade. It's a ton of guys. You know, Pudge Rodriguez, who was an MVP yeah. player when he played. <laughs> I mean, you know, Buster Posey, on and on and on. And I mean, th- th- that was the norm. I mean, that's that's what baseball was. There was at least, I would say, probably up to, like, 10 catchers at a time in baseball who had the potential to hit between 25 and 30 home runs. Right, yeah. You weren't worried about them stealing bases, but, you know, you know, they, they could put it in the seats for sure. You know what it was? It was the complete opposite. Like now you value the, the defense more than anything, and you can live with whatever they give you offensively. Back then it was you love the offense, and then you live with whatever they're going to contribute defensively, flaws and all. Yeah, but it's so weird now because, like you were talking about with the pitch framing, they're not even in the actual – old school catcher crouch position they're doing this one knee down yep they can't block anything you know oh my god no you're right right i mean they 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 try to they put the one knee down which means when there's a ball in the dirt and your job as a catcher to gobble it up you're at a disadvantage right there because what if a ball skips right by you because you don't have both of your knees out there i know and and so i that that wasn't yeah god what a great conversation there it's all good. I, that, wasn't even what I, that wasn't even what I wanted to call and talk about. I was just so I don't know how you felt or if you you've been watching, but I was so happy that the Dallas Stars won last night. Oh, me too. If if they didn't win, we weren't going to have hockey for like six days. 
Yeah, to Wednesday. It would have started and Wednesday. I'm so, and I'm so happy they actually wore their, like, legitimate uh, uniforms as opposed to those, like, blue ones with the neon stripes. They look like a bunch of tow truck drivers out there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the tow truck drivers, you know, they, they, they're like a club team. You know, they get together once every two weeks and, you know, but they got catchy uniforms, though. Uh, I'm just happy we got more hockey. Pavelski, you know, thank God. He, oh, and also, I don't know if you – is, is uh, Jacob Slavin okay? Because he got lit up. He, he did. I, I, from, from what I hear, he's okay. I thought they even said that after the game. Well, they don't have oh, to worry about it because they don't have another game anytime soon, of course. Right, well, yeah, but, I know they're done, but, I mean, he yeah. was looking for a stick like he oh, was man. looking for, like, the earth. That was that that was rough. And, I mean, it was early on in the game. You're a 1,000% right about that, Tom. And thanks for the phone call, my friend. But, yeah, I'm with you. You know, look, that would have been the first time ever. We, I, I believe that would have been the first time ever that both conference fi- – well, we had a streak going. Remember, the two conference finals in the NHL – the two conference finals in the NBA, all four of those series jumped out to 3-0 leads, right? So that would have been the first time ever that both NBA and NHL conference finals potentially could have ended in sweeps, and thank God they didn't. Lakers went out quietly, but Celtics are keeping this thing interesting. You know, Florida did what they did in the NHL, but, you know, give the Dallas Stars credit in overtime on home ice. They got a victory. I don't think Dallas is going to extend this thing much longer. I actually think they'll wrap it up tomorrow. Uh, Vegas will wrap it up tomorrow night on home ice. And if that's the case, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard. um, If the series ends tomorrow, then the Stanley Cup Finals will begin on Wednesday. If somehow, someway, Dallas can win again tomorrow and stretch this thing out to six games, then the Stanley Cup Finals are going to begin next Saturday, which would be June 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. Right? June 3rd? one two, or, or is that Friday, June 3rd? I don't know. Whatever. June 3rd is what it would be if this thing gets to six games. But I'm not 100% convinced that that will indeed become the reality. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More of your phone calls when we return. Remember, Worldwide Wob. Rob Perez is going to join us to talk some hoops coming up at 8 o'clock as well. Dan Gross' show on this Friday. We're coming right back here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ES. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. XPN. I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. Last year, there were six catchers that hit 20 or more home runs. 
Cal Raleigh of the Seattle Mariners topped it off with 27. He led the league. And I actually completely forgot that two years ago, in 2021, believe it or not, a catcher led all of Major League Baseball in home runs. You know who? It was Salvador Perez. He had 48 of the Kansas City Royals. Him and Vlad Jr. had 48 home runs in 2021. So, you know, that's probably what you're looking at right now. You know, you have anywhere from five to six guys, give or take, that are going to be able to display that type of pop. And that's why Francisco Alvarez and what he's doing with the Mets right now, you have to like what you've seen. I mean, his numbers right now, just in the month of May, and remember, when he got called up, he was almost like an automatic out. And he was the butt of jokes and everything. Like, is this the guy who's the number one prospect? Really? Really? This is what he's showing you? He's the number one prospect? But in the month of May, he's batting over 300. He's got an OPS over 1,000. That's right on par what you expect to see from a guy as hyped as an Alvarez is. And you know what? Guy's got to be in the lineup. Guy's got to play. Because they thought that his defense would be something that would have to come along behind the offense. Well, the offense is doing all the talking. His defense has not been bad. And more importantly, remember, you got multiple Hall of Fame pitchers in that rotation for the Mets. And the veterans are the ones who actually like throwing to him. Buck was the guy who was saying we need to get him in there so these guys can pitch to him because that's the only way he's going to learn, and that's how they're going to learn because they want this kid to be a big part of the team. Well, the veterans are actually the ones that don't mind throwing to him, and that's good. It's a perfect world. Julian in L.A. up next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Julian, how you doing? Hi, thank you for taking my call. What's up, Julian? Uh, yeah. I was basically going to say exactly what you were saying about Alvarez. I mean, you were talking about offense, uh, catchers, the few catchers that do put up good offensive numbers. Salvador Perez, Rutman, Rio Muto. And, yeah, I think Alvarez, like you said, since May, batting 304 with five homers, 1,042 OPS. So I think he's been tremendous for the Mets and obviously has to – he's shown why he was the number one prospect, and he can be in that short list of names of catchers who are really good offensively. Yeah, 100%. And it becomes an extra weapon in your off- and an extra weapon in your lineup. That's what you want him for, right? And that's the luxury of having a guy like that who could swing the bat as well as he does. And and, and the beauty of it, too, and this was was no different than, you know, like when Piazza was the Met catcher, except the difference was, is back then, there was no designated hitter in the National League. But if you want to spell Alvarez and give him a night off or two nights off, whatever, from behind the plate to rest his legs a little bit, you make him the designated hitter, right? Just to keep that bat in the lineup. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, his defense is coming along very nicely as well. He's, I think he ranks like the 94th percentile in framing. So he, obviously great defense. And any value you get offensively out of a catcher these days is a huge plus. And he's been great with the bat. So, yeah, yeah. definitely helped him a bunch of time. No doubt about it. And it's really been nice to see too, Julian. And thanks a lot for the phone call. Alvarez has been a good boost for this team. He really and truly has. You know, he's given him some life. Um, he's really actually – Giving some life to the bottom of the batting order more than anything else, which is kind of what this team could use because, you know, for a good long while, 7-8-9, it's like a black hole in that Met lineup. When you look at guys like Canna, who really haven't gotten it going yet this year, Vogelback, who, if he decides to swing the bat, is almost like an automatic out at times, and you got to wonder how much longer he's going to be around because I, 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 I just don't. You know, I t- I, we've talked about this a lot. I just don't understand for the life of me what the value is in having a Vogel back on this team still. You know, it's like we went through this with Darren Ruff all throughout last year. Like, okay, what are you doing? Like, just validating the trade? 
Are you still trying to hang on to the ghosts of last year and prove that it wasn't all in vain, that they actually knew what they were doing, that taking Vogel back and taking on Ruff, that that was supposed to be two difference makers in helping them try to get to a World Series, which fell flat and they didn't even make it out of the first round? And they cut their losses with Ruff, and they're going to try to still, like, chase gold here with Vogelback? Stop. Stop. You know, I don't care how much the guys in the clubhouse like him and how good of a clubhouse teammate guy he is. You know what? It's a bottom-line business. you got to produce. Go out there, swing the bat, or you don't play. It's as simple as that. Robert in New York, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Robert, how we doing? Hey, Dan. <laughs> nice to have you for three hours. Feels funny tonight. No playoffs in any. How about that? Know. How about second well, time make, in three nights? They make up for it tomorrow. Uh, you know what annoys me? I don't know who decides the schedule. They're both on at 8 o'clock. I know which is going to get to Verdun. You know, and I, you and I, you, I, and the, and the, and the wall know mm. which is going to get more. But still, you know, it could have been that they might have put, the, say, the NHL game on in the afternoon mm. and the. Uh, never, uh, I, I well, remember, wasn't wasn't last weekend, I want to say it was either Saturday or Sunday, I don't remember, that the hockey game Dallas and Vegas was on in the afternoon. Yeah, something like that. I think it was ABC or something. On ABC, anyway, I yeah. Want to make, yeah, I want to make a baseball and a football. Yeah. I'm going to get a little silly with the baseball. Robot Uh-oh. umpires. Well, mm-hmm. well, you know. Could the technology be not in the far in the future? Hey, the Twilight Zone did an episode with mechanical players. How about that? A whole mechanical Rob, team. Rob, that Robert, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. They're already <laughs> trying this out in the minor leagues. It's it's going to happen, whether you like it or not. Oh, now I want to make a football a football player. Have you heard a certain rumor? So I would say to these insufferable, and I'm not a Jets fan, so I make a I, I I'm not telling any lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the Jets fans start making any plans for. Uh, heroes down the canyon of heroes in a parade. Mm-hmm. I hear a rumor that there's a certain running back that may be setting sail for upstate New York. I'm talking about Derrick Henry. Have you heard the rumor that he might be going to Buffalo? Um, I think that I've heard that maybe Tennessee would maybe look to move on. Because Tennessee, whether, whether the Titans want to admit it or not, they're in a transition phase right now. Or, or they will be very soon. Henry would be one of those guys, if you do break it up, that he's going to be heavily coveted. Buffalo doesn't have a dynamic running attack. And not just Derrick Henry, the other name that's been thrown out there, possibly attached to the Buffalo Bills, is Dalvin Cook with the Minnesota Vikings. Can you imagine uh, uh, the the, uh, combination of Derrick Henry and Doss Allen? Boy, if that wouldn't tip the scale in favor of upstate New York, I don't know what would. Yeah, but but I look at it this way. And, Robert, thanks a lot for the phone call. If, If that were to happen... Because remember, Josh Allen's one of these quarterbacks that could do both. And whether you like it or not, I mean, I think Buffalo, the most success they have running the football is when it's Josh Allen. He's their best rusher. It's not the running back. So if you do then go out and get yourself a marquee running back, whoever that is, you're then taking away, I think, an element of even Josh Allen's game, which in the long run might keep him healthier and more upright longer into his career. But Buffalo's not going to try to probably showcase that element as much as they would ordinarily because now you got your horse in the backfield. And you're just going to run the ball with him conventionally. And it also might relegate Allen to being more of, let's say, a conventional drop-back passer, if you will. Yeah, but we'll see if that happens. Um, More recently, though, Dalvin Cook's name was the one that was being talked about a little bit more because Minnesota's also in a situation where 
you know, I think they're uh, in, in, in limbo a little bit here. Remember, they just traded Zadarius Smith, um, you know, who's a Pro Bowl pass rusher to the Cleveland Browns. That's a big loss just to drop that guy from your team. So uh, they got some things they're working through right now. And, and who knows what other surprises we might see between now and if not the beginning of training camp, maybe even once we get going in the season. You know, stranger things have happened, of course. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I know we talked a little bit about the Mets. We'll talk about them here coming back as they get set to begin a series in Colorado. And then we'll talk to our pal, Worldwide Wob, Rob Perez, coming up at 8 o'clock here. Little hoops with the NBA getting closer to its finals. Grasso Show with you on a Friday right here on 98.7 ESPN.